Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Here we are, another, see, we're recording on another evening. So here we are, Misfit Messengers podcast. It's a fabulous thing that we get to do every week. I, you know, it's one of the best parts of my week is to see your face. Oh, thank you. Mine uh, too. To see, see your face? Miss. Not to see my own face. I hope that you don't just do that once a week. To see my own, well, I mean, you know, uh, they don't pick me for my good looks, you know, for most things. Well, I've always said I, I have a I have a face for radio, is what <laughs> I've said. So that works out. Uh, at any rate, so we are, we're getting back into First John this evening. We are just about into chapter three we've got a couple verses we're going to just kind of scoop in uh to chapter three uh tonight and we'll just see where where the ball takes us as it were so i've got the niv i don't know what do you got what do you what do you got i got bible gateway on my computer so so you got all i got all i have all of the all of the translation okay read it in uh korean i mean i could pull it up in korean (laughs) Um, and I could really try my best. <laughs> probably, probably not. Probably not. All right. So I, I have, I'll, I'll go ahead and read. At least All we'll right. get through like the first 10 verses of chapter three. We'll see where we go from there. Okay. Right. Uh, the NIV, for those of you who maybe aren't as familiar with the Bible, uh, is the new international version. And I happen to have a 1984 new international version. They okay. have updated it. Um, in 2011, I believe is the last update. Um, so changed it a little bit. So if you're reading an NIV at home, it might be a little slightly tweaked differences. But anyway, so I am on First John chapter two, verse 28, and we're going to just read till chapter three, verse 10. So here we go. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous... You know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not been yet made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who breaks, who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Whoa. Okay. That's some intense words right there. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, that's some boldness. It is. 
It is. So for those of you who might be picking this up as your very first episode, understand that we are in the middle of a little bit of a series here on the, the letter of First John written by the Apostle John, same author of the Gospel of John in the New Testament. And so we have had a few uh, episodes on this already. So we're kind of jumping in. So you might want to go check those out. Uh, there are a few episodes earlier than this one. But here we have, it starts off, chapter three starts off with this idea that God lavishes his love on us. And I just love that word. Mm. I think that's an underused word to lavish love upon someone. Yeah. To be called his children to be adopted right as children of the most high children of the creator god children of the god of the universe i mean that's kind of a pretty big calling right right yeah i mean it just makes me think of i don't know why i just get an image of like christmas morning you know and my children coming down and each you know my kids I we I do uh, a different color wrapping paper for each kid so as I don't want to bother with writing their names on it so they just get yeah. um yeah, yeah they just get a wrapping paper that's theirs and in their stocking they find a scrap of it and that's how they know which ones are theirs anyway that's how we do it I like and, um, that yeah I know very clever anyway <laughs> it but, is um, but you know the things are under the tree um not because of their merit or because I like them, you know, one doesn't have more because I like them better or they haven't had to earn it, right? right. I, I've given this by nature of that they are my children and I care about them, right? Or yeah. even like I cook good food for them every day because I, not because of what they've done in the day, you know, right. I, or, or they've earned it somehow, but just by nature that I lavish my love because they're my children. I care just by nature of who they are. Absolutely. And I and I don't do that care for all the children that I know. <laughs> you know, it's special because they are my children. And God, so that's the that's the image I have with lavishing. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think Christmas is a great uh visual for lavished love. I was trying to find, I was just listening. Uh, online to another uh, speaker and he was talking about why did God love Israel? Hmm. Right. And, you know, he said, God didn't love Israel because Israel was the best. Mm -hmm. God didn't love Israel because they were the wealthiest. God didn't love Israel because they were the biggest or the brightest or the smartest or the most faithful. God loved Israel because God chose to love Israel, mm -hmm. right? And I think the same could be said of us. He loves us because he chooses to love us. Right. And uh, remember that this is this is written to those in Christ. Correct. So it's a big distinction because, you know, there are some who say, well, we're all children of God. And that's a, like all humanity. And that's actually not really true. We're all created in the image of God. Correct. But we have not all been adopted by God. Right. Well, you know, do you know what I mean? And like, while Absolutely. the invitation for us to be adopted, mm -hmm. papers have been drafted up, but we haven't said yes. Right. You know, when you, in the adoption process, right, if the child is old enough, they have to agree to enter into the family. You know? Yep. Absolutely. And 
And so um, in this, you know, not everybody's not a child of God. I know it sounds harsh, but it's just true. <laughs> but but the, here he's talking about that we are, right? So God is lavishing his love on us. So it's important, I think, especially when we're reading this portion to know it's written to believers, mm-hmm. people who are already in God. Right. Um, and it says we're children of God that we will, and what we will be has not yet made known. So mm-hmm. this is foreshadowing, right, to the second coming. But we know that when Christ appears, we will be like him. We shall see him as he is. This is the hope that we have, right? That just as Jesus was resurrected, we will be resurrected. If you hear Chips, my son has joined us. His name is Elias. Do you want to say hi? Say hi. 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 (laughs) And he is currently eating sun chips. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) But yes, so we've been adopted. That's fantastic. Thanks, Elias. Um, We have been adopted as his children. And I agree that the adoption papers are available. Faith is available. You know, you, you can say yes to God. Mm-hmm. He has given us the free will to do so, but you can also say no to God and therefore turn down those papers, as it were, turn down faith in Jesus. And it's, yeah, it's one of those harsh realities of life that I think we we in the 21st century want to tame. And yet, if we tame it, then it no longer becomes true. Yeah. It's not, it's no longer truth. And the truth is God does love us all, each of us and wants us all to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us that, Mm -hmm. but it also is very clear that some will not. Right. And as sad and as frustrating as that is, and as much as we would rather it not be true, it does not cease to be true because we don't want it to be. Right. All right. Yeah, um, I was just sharing with someone today, right? When Jesus comes again, it's known as the beautiful, terrible day. Yeah. Beautiful and that the world is finally going to be made right. And all the injustices that exist are going to be gone. Everything will be right. The terrible part is there's no more second chances right it's done it's over right like it's that's it It, it's done and if you are outside or if there's people you know that are outside that's hard you know and i i think that brings a little bit to this next portion which is which is on on its face jenny i'll admit it's a little bit like what and goes against the majority of what I've been taught in evangelical Christianity. How so? What do you mean by that? So he's talking about no verse six, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. Yes. Right. Verse nine, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They can go. They cannot go on sinning because they've been born of God. Mm. I know. And yet, and yet, so yeah, so what does this mean, right? Right. Um, I think whenever I read this, I always think back to Romans chapter seven, where Paul says, I'm going to pull it up so I can get it right. 
Hang on. Here we go. Uh, so Romans chapter 7, verse 21. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Mm-hmm. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. That's what he's saying. If you're born of God, you don't keep sinning, right? Right. But then verse 23 in chapter 7 of Romans. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin within my members. What a wretched man am I who will rescue me from this body of death? Well, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our Lord. If you go fa- farther up, I skip that section, but you can go there. But it's because uh, it gets into a, a kind of a tongue twister of things. But uh, verse 17 or verse 16. Well, you can even go back to 15. I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do. Mm-hmm. But what I hate, I do. And if I do not do what I want to do, I agree that the law is good. And as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but the sin that is living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I can, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I, for I, for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the mm-hmm. evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Yeah, it's the do do verse <laughs> chapter. <laughs> it's the do 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 not do. Um, and so I think, I think there's a couple different facets too to sin, right? Mm-hmm. Because God knows the motivation of our heart. Right. And I think you can, you can sin willfully. That is, Mm -hmm. you know, you're sinning and you do it anyway. You can sin not with forethought, like in a moment, in a, in the heat of a moment, sin and later regret that. Yeah. You can sin completely unbeknownst to you because of ignorance and so i think the the john passage you know first john is really talking about are you still willfully sinning living in sin knowing it's sin and doing it anyway that is what we should not be doing in christ but i think paul here talks about that our flesh the flesh meaning not just our human bodies, but this sinful aspect to our nature wars against our spiritual nature, that part of us that is born again. And so it is hard, right? The temptations of the flesh yeah. flesh are temptations because they're pleasurable. We've had this conversation before, right? Right. right. We, people sin because sin is fun. Yep. Wasn't we, fun, they wouldn't do it. Correct. <laughs> and so, but I, they, the question comes down to, are you willfully sinning knowing it's sin and not caring that you do it? I guess is where I would say. Yeah. And I, and I agree with you. I'm just, I, I, I totally agree with you. It's, I think it, it's not talking about our um, human nature sin, the curse of Adam sin, right? That we are just kind of trapped in the cycle from just our lineage of being humans. I think you're totally right that, um, um, you know, he says, little children, don't let anyone lead you astray. The one who does right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who is sinful is of the devil, right? Yeah. And I, and I see this kind of in our modern theology sometimes, and or at least I hear it in churches like, well, everybody sins. 
right? Um, we, I think we, I think we've talked about a little bit more of a cheap grace, right? Yeah, right. That well, you know, everybody sins, and God just forgives everybody, and it's just kumbaya, and everything's fine, and um, you know, but he's saying no. If if you are in God, God has destroyed the devil's work in you. Right. It's not the devil's fault. Not the devil making you do it. And the more you, if you're really in God, then, then you start to take a, a look at yourself and saying, wow, the things I was doing for myself, I can't do those anymore because they grieve the heart of God. Right. And I think that's why he's saying, I, you could also put this as verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are. Right. Um, and I think it's, it goes hand in hand with by their fruit, you'll recognize them. Right. right? So. So in, in my core, in my church, we're going through the fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And part of the thing is that there is no way to do the fruits of the spirit wrong. If like, there's no way to do love in its tr true form wrong. Okay. In the, you know what I mean? And from the fruit, right? Yeah. The love that comes from, so when it's a fruit of the spirit, it's from the spirit, right? Well, and it says in Galatians, there, there is no law. There's no law, right? You can't, these. you can't do patience wrong. You can't do. Well, you, you know, can't, if you show no patience, right? Well, but if you're, yeah, but if, on the positive side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I might probably butchering these words because it is no, no, no. late, but <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure I understand. Maybe the people listening are way smarter than both of us, and they're already <laughs> two steps ahead of this, and they know exactly what we're talking about. Right, but um, if it's but yeah. done, if it's done, it tapped into the spirit. Like, because I love God and God is in me, and I want to be kind, and I want to be gentle, and I want to be, you know, do good things for others, and I want to have patience. If that is the motivation, there's no way to do that incorrectly. Right? There's, yeah, I think it's. I hesitate with that because that seems a little overstated. Okay, fair. Because um, I've seen people do some crazy stuff in the name of. Well, I'm, yes. Okay, so you're right. So we have to differentiate those who are just saying I'm doing it because I love God and those who are actually doing it because they love God. Right. But I think that's the line of demarcation, right? right. By, their, by your fruit, they will know. Well, right. And that's what he's saying too. The one who does right is righteous the right. one so don't like he's talking about people that are trying to in the in the body of believers that are trying to lead astray right and he's like follow the people that are doing right <laughs> not the people, people saying not, not, not the, the people, people saying things that seem right but right, the people right. who are doing actually doing it right and it's amazing that this was you know paul john is writing very early on in this christian thing and even then they had people who were seemingly oh we're on board but they're they didn't put their money where their mouth was or the rubber didn't you know when the rubber met the road they didn't follow through with what their words said so so they might get sometimes you ever hear people saying like we just got to get back to the hacks church do you remember that yes you people say that you know and it makes me remind you of like we just got to get back to the garden of eden you know but like it was great for two chapters, super, and and then it all goes downhill pretty quick, right? Right. And I think even in the early church, it all it started out well, like everything, but then humanity does what humanity does, and this stuff 
is the same stuff we deal with now, but they set up tools and rules to help us help right. them, which also can help us, I think. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, we are still in the Axe Church. We're, yeah. still, we're still dealing with the stuff they were dealing with because there's mm-hmm. nothing new under the sun. The same people, mm-hmm. humanity being humans. Well, we we like control. We like our own way. We we don't want to be told what to do. We, you know, we think on some level, even if we don't articulate it, that God's holding out on us. Yeah. Or that God doesn't have our best interest at heart. Or fill in the blank um, with whatever you might think God is is or is not doing to your liking. But that's the thing about God. He's other. He's not human he's not us he's so far removed from who we are and yet not with christ because christ takes the form of a human and is able to to be perfect mm-hmm. and i was thinking come back to me come back there we go the thoughts back okay i was also listening to i listen to so many things so many podcasts audiobooks and one talked about our obedience does not lead to faith. Our faith leads to obedience. Mm-hmm. And what that means is we can't do that backwards. Mm-hmm. We cannot, because that's what the Pharisees were trying to do, right? If we're just obedient enough, God will listen to us. If we just follow the rules well enough, we'll get this whole God thing down, this whole following, following God thing down. And Jesus says, no, follow me, like believe in me. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees were like, no, we have the law. We're going to follow the law. In fact, we're going to follow the law so hard that we're going to create laws so we don't even touch the other laws. Right. We're going we're gonna to make 300 more laws about the one law to make sure we get the one law right. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, you guys are focusing on the wrong thing. And this speaker was talking about how if we put obedience first before faith, we got it backwards. And John here is is not putting obedience first. Like to say that if you keep sitting, you're not born of God. He's saying you already are born of God if you have right. faith. So if you're born of God, the natural outpouring after that, the natural next step, the natural thing, if if you truly have faith in Jesus, is you've been indwelt by the Holy Spirit and then obedience will follow. Right. Now, does obedience happen like from zero to 100 overnight? No, that's some of the challenge. That's, I think, where Paul is writing in Romans chapter seven is mm-hmm. that there's a work in progress. Well, just like it took 40 years, right, for the Israelites to be able to enter into the promised land, right? Yep. And there's that famous saying, it took a day to leave Egypt, but 40 years for Egypt to leave them. And even, and even, you could even argue it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. yeah but, um, but that kind of thought, right. You know, when you come into salvation, you are, you are, you're, you're bringing stuff with you, right. A whole way of thinking and doing and being that you have. To, that's why it's called being born. You're like a baby, you know? And it's um, harder because you're not a baby. And so you have to relearn right, all the things you were doing not so good. 
Right. And then, so, and you ever been around, like, with children who had to grow up too fast? Yes. Yes. I mean, we were ones. Anyway, but there comes a time in our adulthood when you grieve the part of childhood of, I just wanted to be a child and only have to deal with child things, right? And I think sometimes in Christ, when we when we expect people to be further than they are, or we pretend, you know, we don't deal with the stuff. We just get to what doing, looking like we're supposed to. To me, I, I imagine that as like the gaff of two kids in a trench coat with a mustache trying to do adult stuff, you right. know? Yeah. But we do that in faith, right? We try to not yeah. do the work of actually maturing and we just get on each other's shoulders and put on a trench coat and a mustache and be like, we did it. We're grownups now. Um, right. And, and then we uh, wonder why it doesn't work. Yeah. Or why it's extra hard or why we can't navigate or, um, you know, but it's, it's this, this walk of life, which we've said, this spiritual walk is not a, it's not a sprint. It's your life. Right. <laughs> it's not even really a marathon friends. It's way bigger than that. Yeah. It's, it is your life. It's, it's like days, a pilgrimage, right? right. It's a, yep. some days, some days are great. Some days aren't. Most days are both. Mm -hmm. Some days it's easy. Some days it's hard. Some days it's really hard. Some days it's impossible and you fall backwards a, a bit. Some seasons. I that's, That season's word has been like my word of the year, I swear. Mm. Uh, but the idea that there are sometimes months. There are sometimes weeks. There are sometimes years. Uh the kicker, the the thing really that I kind of boil everything down to is no matter what season you're in, are you trusting God even if you can't see the finish, even if you can't see the light, even if you can't see the end of whatever you're in, even if, even if it's great, glorious, and you're flipping on the mountaintop, are you mm -hmm. still trusting God? God to show you the next step to to lead you on the next piece of the journey to to be that provider to be that care to be that comfort to be that grace to be to be that everything that you need and if so then as we mature we realize I don't need to sin yeah anymore like it's not because, even appealing to me anymore well think about why why do people sin right i think there's some main motivations one um is we sin to look good for other people yeah right so that's that's essentially the sin of pride i want to give myself i want to portray myself a way that i'm not right yeah yep. um, and so a lot of sins can fall into that um but when you're in christ right who cares what they think I'm, a, I'm for an audience. Yeah, if, you're, if you're secure in your identity in Christ, that is huge in yeah. life. You're huge. practically a superhero. Yeah. I think like, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. Um, and, um, you know, some other way reasons people sin, uh, escapism. Yeah. Right. A lot of sins can go into that or the feel wanting to be filled with, whatever right right so feeling so, empty feeling lonely feeling sad feeling 
depressed, feeling kind of gluttony spirit, right? I just need more. I just need to feel right. Does I need to feel security, right? Gluttony is actually a fear of secure, like not being secure. Right. And I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Yep. Right. Well, when you're in God, right, you know, I have all everything that I need, right? I'm content. And so I think as you grow a little or more, how much, much, right? Philippians. And so, and I think that's part of that, you know, we talked about emotional, healthy spirituality. It's about kind of about being allowed to just be a human in a relationship with God. And it's so much freedom, but we do get trapped into that stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we say, that's why we're not supposed to do it alone. Right. Because when, when, uh, when we start to fall into those, or we recognize those in our friends and we can say, whoa, buddy, you know, or, you know, I, 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 well, on our conversation before here, right now, I was talking about some intrusive thoughts and you're like, that's not reality. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I know. That's what I'm telling you. So like, you can hold me accountable right. to actual reality. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or I, or I just ask, you know, I'm, I'm roaming around with this thing. Do you think it's a big deal or not a big deal? Or yeah. what, you know, what do you think? And you're like, yeah, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, yeah, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause we need that in each other um, as this body, as, as a body of Christ, you know, and, um, drawing that righteousness or I guess not even drawing it out of each other, but solidifying what's there to say, no, your, your feet are on solid ground, walk in it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Child of God, lavish love. Yeah. But it's, and it's because of his lavish love. I think some people could read this and think and feel shame. Oh, 100%. Right. Um, like, I, I'm still, I still do sin or, you know, I must not be born of God because I still struggle with temptations or whatever. But you got to go back to that first part. See what great love the father has lavished on us. Right. This is not a father who's just waiting for you to slip up. Right. That Zeus image with a lightning bolt. It, it is God's love that keeps us on the right path. Amen. Just like, you know, with my children, I discipline them because I don't want them to grow up to be terrible human beings. Right. Um, and so it's not fun for me. It's not fun for them. Now my son is entering into teen years. Holy guacamole. <laughs> it's a whole different thing because now it's more like, you know, so my son's a jokester. If anyone knows Chet, he is, he's a comedian, but yeah. sometimes as he's figuring out himself, his jokes will come at the expense of his friends. Yeah. Right. Very, very normal in teenage and sometimes other ones. Right. Yeah. Um, but you've all been around adults that don't know the social cues and like will continue to make jokes at people's expense when it's not funny. Right. And so we actually just this week had a conversation of, you know, when you said that and everyone laughed, someone who was not laughing was your friend. Did you, did you notice? No, I, I didn't really. I mean, I kind of noticed. you know, I'm like, I want you to think about the ramifications of that. Right. Oh, he probably felt really bad. I'm like, yeah, he probably did, right? Is that who you want to be? Right. No, but so, so those kind of conversations are starting to happen, and the Holy Spirit does that for us too. Yeah. 
Why? Yeah. Because he doesn't want us to be terrible people for our good, right? right. Should I just yeah. let my son just continue in that pattern? He won't have any friends anymore, eventually. Right. His life will be worse for it. Right. You know, and yeah. that's, I think, what, what got us is, is his lavish love is weeding out those things. Mm -hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I say all the time with my congregation that our response to God is because of his lavish, costly, extravagant, sacrificial love. Right. So because of that love, think about the love he has poured out mm. upon us, calling us his children, sending his son to die in our stead, mm -hmm. die in our place. I don't know if we take that for for real, if we take that seriously and say, I'm placing my faith and trust and hope in Jesus. I think the only natural response is to say, man, I'm going to live live for him. And if I'm yeah. going to live for him, then sin just loses its, its appeal. Because again, you know who you are. You know you have enough. You know you are enough. Not of your own, right? I'm not enough to get into heaven, but Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And since I'm riding, if you will, on his coattails of a sort, <laughs> it's it's enough. God, God's got this then I, I just live a very different life because I don't have to worry about me doing it for me. Right. And it's a lot less pressure. Yeah. Just when you're talking about being with Jesus, I just imagine Jesus wearing a shirt that says I'm with stupid and then an arrow. And then I'm the one with the stupid. Anyway, that's just the image. I can't do my head. What are you saying? <laughs> are you saying something about me? No, I'm saying Jesus would wear that when we're hanging out. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus would never do that. I mean, maybe. I see Jesus in a t-shirt. Maybe he wore t-shirts. I don't know. Maybe in heaven. He An ephod? A linen. Linen yeah. vestment. <laughs> There's a word I pulled out of the old times. <laughs> anyway. All right. I think it's time, friend. I think I need to call it. Sounds what are good. your final thoughts? for uh today oh gosh um i think it it would be use this use this verse when or this chat this portion of scripture to really think about in your own life is there anywhere that i am willfully sinning and how is the greatness and lavishness of god calling me out of that and into something better Ooh. All right. All right. I like that. I think the more mindful we are about the presence of God daily. Yeah. The less sin we care to do. Yeah, I'm I I think it's just it is just as simple as that, you know? Yeah. And that we don't do it alone. Amen. Amen. We're not being set up for failure. True story. That's not the aim anyway. It's not the aim. All right. That was fantastic. Uh, we'll meet again soon. See, yep. you, see you soon. And uh, God blesses us again. Why? <laughs> so we can be a blessing to others. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye.